When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your bidding options feel endless and with baseball season right around the corner you already know there's going to be tons of opportunities picking who's going to win the world series to all-star game voting and so so much more best of all DraftKings is safe secure and reliable and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use our promo code THPN make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This Devils team, man, just running out of words to describe how resilient, how, you know, never giving up mentality type attitude. I mean, all this is just fantastic. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, the host of the Devil State of Mind podcast, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day. Happy President's Day to all those uh, that celebrate or observe it or whatever word you want to describe. But I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check this episode out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. With baseball just around the corner, getting into the end of the NBA season, NHL season, and also 
spring football? Yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson bringing the XFL back for a third iteration. And then we got the USFL coming up in just about a month and change. So with all these sports going on, DraftKings is giving you guys great opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if you want to get a little extra cash for yourself on the weekends, here's what you do. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code THPN. And as always, tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And as always, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. And also, Devil State of My Podcast is sponsored by Raycon. If you want to get the best quality of sound earbuds for half the cost of the major brands, go to Raycon, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 15% off your purchase. And so thank you to Raycon as well for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil State of Mind podcast. Devils fans, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to cover the last three games uh, that the Devils have played. They're beginning what should be a hopefully very successful upcoming week. The Devils are back home on a homestand, which is great. And they're going into it already off to a great start. We're also going to talk about Alexander Holtz because I think that it's definitely time considering what happened on Friday morning and even unfortunately what happened on Monday the 20th. I'm recording this on Monday the 20th, so I mentioned earlier that this episode would be out um, for Tuesday uh, instead of Monday. Just, you know, gave me more time to get everything out that I wanted to get out. And also, we are going to give you the latest updates on some trade rumors involving the New Jersey Devils. As guys, we are approaching less than 10 days away from the NHL trade deadline. Things are sort of picking up, sort of not. We'll, we'll get into all of that. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we will start with Thursday's game in the gateway to the West in St. Louis against the St. Louis Blues. Devils looking to keep their road winning ways and looking for some revenge against the Blues after the Devils lost the first matchup uh, against the Blues at the Rock. Jack Hughes, there was a lot of talk about him potentially coming into this game. Uh, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN said that Jack Hughes was basically 50-50, and the Devils, out of caution, decided to sit him out for one more game. Uh, this actually ended up being Ryan O'Reilly's last game as a blue because the following night he was traded in a blockbuster three-team trade to the Toronto Maple Leafs. This game was also on ESPN, not ESPN Plus, on ESPN. So Devils got a little bit more national television recognition, which was very cool. Definitely like that. You know, one of my favorite broadcasters, Bob Schusen, calling the game. It's absolutely phenomenal. Love his energy. Love his detail. Brian Boucher as well. And also Leah Hextall behind, uh, between the benches, which honestly, I think that's really what she's really good at um, in terms of her role in uh, the hockey broadcasting world. But Mackenzie Blackwood got the start in this one. And quite frankly, guys, from the start, the Devils played a piss poor game. Uh, they really, really just were not on their game. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. You know, maybe they were, you know, still expecting Jack Hughes to just jump onto the ice any second. But that was just not the case. Blues put on some really good pressure early on, and Pavel Buchnevich scored a goal that redirected off Dougie Hamilton's knee and into the net, 
which gave the Blues a 1-0 lead, but it lasted just 58 seconds because Dawson Mercer lifting the puck top shelf from a sharp angle on a rebound gets his 12th of the year and ties the game up at one. And that's where things uh, stood at the end of one period of play. But then the Blues started to really take over again, getting themselves back-to-back goals to grab a 3-1 to lead, uh, 5.35 into the period. But Eric Halla, of all people, getting just his fifth of the year, great feed from Fabian Zetterlin behind the net to get it to Halla, who went top shelf, beating Jordan Bennington, getting, like I mentioned, his fifth goal of the year, and cut the deficit to one. So after two periods of play, it's 3-2. to two. And I remember talking to uh, Devil Central on Instagram, and they asked me, did I think that the Devils would come back in this game? And I said to them, absolutely. This team has given me every reason to believe that they can come back from any deficit in any situation. This this didn't feel any different. Um, But the Devils didn't come out with a sense of urgency and a sense of belief that they could come back. They couldn't really muster anything. St. Louis continued to take control and eventually got a power play opportunity in which Braden Shen was able to score on it. That made it 4-2, to two, and that was all she wrote. So the Devils dropped the final game, uh, the second-to-last game, excuse me, of the road trip by the final score of 4-2. to two. They'll finish being swept in the season series by St. Louis and kind of just showing that the Devils, for whatever reason, seem to have struggled a lot this year against the Central Division. Because uh, if you really think about it, it's been quite frustrating. Not everybody in the Central Division has had success against us, but certain teams have. And so it's it's definitely not great to uh, struggle against uh, a division. But you know what? It'd rather it be from the opposite conference than a conference that you're in, that you're uh, in, because obviously you'd face them a lot more. So yeah, just a really bad loss. Honestly, I just like it was very meh. You know, they didn't play very too particularly well. They still only lost by two goals. Um, but clearly, uh, changes needed to be made, and that's. What brings us to uh, moving on to Saturday night's game in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Final game of the road trip, looking for a bounce back W. It's the first of a back-to-back as the Devils would travel back home to take on the Jets the following night. Jack Hughes returning to the lineup. So I mentioned it here on the podcast and I mentioned also on my Instagram lives, which by the way, if you haven't checked out yet, I highly recommend I go live basically try to go live after every single Devils game for about a half hour with a couple of good friends of mine. And we just kind of recap the game and anything else that you guys want to talk about involving the red and black. Uh, But I mentioned just a few moments ago, changes needed to be made. And Lindy Ruff certainly did that as he benched both Nathan Bastian and Jonas Siegenthaler went up being healthy scratches in this game. I definitely um, was not a fan entirely of Bastian getting benched, although obviously he hadn't done a whole lot. I was kind of leaning more towards Miles Wood because I felt like up until this point, he had done literally nothing and gave really no reason for him to stay in the lineup. Lindy Ruff later said that it was more about, you know, having more speed in the lineup. And obviously, I guess I get it. You know, Wood is faster than Bastion, but it is what it is. Uh, Siegenthaler was benched, quite frankly, because Lindy Ruff wants him to find his game again. He has really struggled defensively over the last, you know, handful of weeks, and uh, he's not the same that he was earlier this year, and the Devils are certainly hoping he can get back to that. Siegenthaler himself admitted that uh, that was the case, so hopefully over these next couple of weeks, he can get back to uh, the form that we all are accustomed to seeing. Devils, again, didn't get off to a good start. 3.33 into the game. Penguins got a power play, and Evgeny Malkin, a devil killer, gets himself a goal, power play goal, and it's one nothing Penguins. So, you know, not 
Again, not the start that you wanted, but once again, Dawson Mercer getting his 13th of the year and goals in back-to-back games would tie the game up at one just 80 seconds later. So for the second straight game, the Devils and Dawson Mercer found a way to respond very quickly, which is becoming very custom that this Devils team finds ways to respond right after they give up a goal, which is a great mindset and a great way to to move about after you give up a goal. So the Devils tied it up, and uh, that's where things stood at the end of one. And from that point on, the Devils, for the first time in a long time, just dominated the rest of the way. Lindy Ruff even mentioned that he was incredibly pleased with his team's performance in this one. And the Devils offense really, really took control. Started with Dougie Hamilton getting his 16th of the year on the power play. Nico Heischer feeding it to him from behind the net. Just a beautiful feed. Dougie beats uh, the goaltender on a one tee. And Devils grab the two to one lead. And then... Yegor Sharangovich doing some really good job defensively on the penalty kill. Creates a two-on-one opportunity with him and Nico Heischer. And the captain, for the first time in a long time, gets himself a goal. His 22nd of the year. And that gave the Devils the 3-1 to lead. But that wasn't the biggest storyline from that goal. Because with that goal, Nico Heischer has finally reached 100 career goals in the National Hockey League, an absolutely tremendous milestone in what is still a very young career for Nico Heischer. So congratulations to the captain finally getting to the century mark. He also, with that goal, set a new season high in his career for goals in a season. Again, that was his 22nd. He was stuck on 21 and 99 career-wise for a long time, but got that one. And the Devils grabbed the 3-1 to lead that they would uh, have going into the third period of play. And the Devils just continued to get it going. Jesper Bratt would get his 22nd on the year on a beautiful 2-on-1 feed from Jack Hughes right to Bratt. So Jack Hughes coming right back in the lineup and acting like he had been there the whole time. 4-1 to Devils at that point. Evgeny Malkin would get his second of the game, which cut the deficit to 2 but Nico Heischer getting his second of the game, 23rd on the year, would score an empty net goal. And that would be the icing on the cake as the Devils come away with a much-needed, big-time, relatively dominant 5-2 win in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. A great overall win for the team. Nico Heischer with arguably his best game of his career in the NHL and as a Devil. Two goals, two assists. So he was involved in four of the five goals in this one. Really, really stepped up when we needed him to. And uh, the Devils are now 28-4-4 when Nico Heischer records a point in a game this season. So very similar to Jack Hughes. When Nico Heischer gets at least a point, uh, the other team really doesn't seem to do well, as you can see by the record. So it's impressive. Jesper Brad's third period goal boosted his point streak, which now unfortunately... um, was discontinued but it was at 10 games which is a career high and Jack Hughes whose point streak as well came to an end against Winnipeg got himself two assists in this one in his return he now has 20 points nine goals 11 assists during that span which is phenomenal 
absolutely phenomenal. And also, his 29 even strength goals is number one overall in the NHL. So he continues to get himself in the conversation as a top three hard trophy candidate. And just overall, a great start to the weekend. You really kind of felt comfortable in the third period, especially when it got to four to one. Now, okay. Devils definitely have this one in control. Even when the Penguins scored, you knew the Devils got it. And they got the empty net goal and they got the win. And that was the most important thing. So the Devils get the bounce back win. And they also get themselves a good start to the back-to-back. And that's where we shift to the final game of this, uh, this recap that we have here. The latest game. Sunday night at home against the Winnipeg Jets. Finally back at the Rock looking to sweep the back-to-back. This is also the first time the Devils have faced the Winnipeg Jets all year long. The only Canadian team up until this point, they had yet to face this season. The Devils still have to travel to Winnipeg uh, later on uh, to complete the two games against them. Devils looking for an impressive sixth win in a row at home. So the Devils are finally starting to become a much more dominant team at home, which is massive at this point in the year. Siegenthaler did get back in the lineup for this game with Kevin Ball coming out, but Nate Bastian for the second straight game was benched. And again, Lindy Ruff, you know, saying that it had more to do with just having speed in the lineup. Um, But you could tell early on in this game against a very structured defensive team like the Jets are, that this was going to be a grinded out game. That it wasn't going to be necessarily that the Devils just didn't show up, but that they were going to have to work extra hard to get get some opportunities and obviously get some goals against Connor Hellebuck and that really strong um, defensive team that Rick Bonus has. Uh, the Jets would strike first. Cole Perfetti would score kind of a turnaround on a rebound that beat Mackenzie Blackwood, who got his uh, second start in, in the last three games. Uh, but the Jets would grab the one nothing lead. But for the third straight game in a row, Dawson Mercer with his 14th of the year, would answer right back, this time, just 19 seconds later, to tie the game up at one. So again, Dawson Mercer on a hot streak right now, especially finding ways to respond after the Devils concede a goal. So Dawson Mercer, man, great job by him. However, the Jets would grab the one-goal lead at the end of the first, thanks to a late goal from Neil Pionk, which came from the top of the point, and there was nobody in front. It was just a bad goal that Blackwood gave up. Definitely on Blackwood, and that was kind of when you had that reaction again of, here we go, Blackwood giving up soft goals that are going to cost us this game. Blackwood should have had that from the start. He definitely should have had it, and he didn't. And so frustrating enough, the Devils are down 2-1 to one after one period of play. Uh Honestly, not a whole lot happened in the second period, um, and the game remained two to one going into the third. So at this point, you know that got a lot of chances. You know, Jack Hughes hit the post twice on one shift. Jesper Brack hit the post at one point. So you kind of felt like maybe this is just one of those games where it's just not meant to be that we would have so many chances but can't score. And to be fair, the Jets also had some chances. They had a wide open net and a guy shot it and the stick exploded. They hit the post at least once. So both teams kind of evened out when it came to um, came to missed opportunities. But the Devils continued to scrap their way. And finally, 
Fabian Zetterlin off a great feed from Eric Holla, who's had a couple of points in his last two games, last three games, really playing some good hockey of late, would score just his sixth goal of the season, his first since late December, and that tied the game up at two. That was big. But just a minute 51 later, off a unbelievable through the legs, behind the back pass from Michael McLeod, Miles Wood, who I've been crapping on even in this game because he, again, I didn't think he should be playing. I think he should have been benched, but he shut me up and probably a lot of other people as he would score his ninth of the year, and that would give the Devils the three to two lead. They locked it down defensively, and Dawson Mercer capping off a tremendous last couple of games and a great weekend, scoring his second of the game, 15th of the year on an empty net goal with 56 seconds to go. And the Devils, with another come-from-behind win, beat the Winnipeg Jets at home by the final score of 4-2. to two. An absolutely gutsy win by this Devils team. And again, one of those situations where it wasn't our top guys, it wasn't Jack, it wasn't Nico, it wasn't Brett, it wasn't Dougie. It was guys like, you know, Miles Wood, Dawson Mercer, Fabian Zetterlin, Mackenzie Blackwood in the second and third periods. All these guys were the big reasons that we got the win against this very tough Jets team. And with that come from behind win, that is the Devils' 20th come from behind win on the year, which according to the NHL, Public relations is the most among NHL teams this season and is three shy of the franchise record, which the last Devils team to make the playoffs, the 17-18 Devils, hold the franchise record with 23. So once again, kind of similar things here to an extent between the last Devils team to make the playoffs and this year's team. Devils, as I mentioned before, with that win, six-game winning streak at home. That is phenomenal. The Devils are now an unbelievable 11-1-0 versus Canadian teams this year and are 18-4-3 overall this year against the Western Conference, which ties the franchise record with the 2000-2001 Cup Final team. As I mentioned before, Dawson Mercer, man, what a phenomenal last couple of games. He's on a three-game goal streak going into this week. Four goals, one assist, five points in that span. That goal by Miles Wood ended up being the game winner, his first game winner of the year. Blackwood, after the first, was really solid. He made some really good saves and got himself a much-deserved win, and I was happy to see him get the W. And for the first time in a long time, the opposing team didn't reach 30 or more shots. I think there was like 24 or 25 that the uh, Jets put up. So just a grinded-out defensive game that the Devils were able to get the win at home. And so, Devils record at the time of this recording 37 14 and 5, 79 points, still second in the Metropolitan Division, three points behind the Carolina Hurricanes for first and four ahead at the time of this recording. Because by the time you listen to this, the Rangers game will have already happened against Winnipeg. But at the time of this recording, they are four points ahead of the Rangers for second place. Devils are third in the Eastern Conference and third in the NHL. So everything is still going according to plan. Uh, Devils began versus the Jets, a uh, four-game homestand. So for the rest of the week, we have Tuesday, 
which is today, if you're listening to this on the day that I released it, against Montreal. Thursday night at home against the LA Kings. And it's Saturday, the big one, at home against the Flyers. That is also the day that the Devils will be honoring the 2003 Stanley Cup championship team to mark a 20-year anniversary. And I will be at the game on Tuesday against Montreal and also the game against the Flyers. So I hope to see all of you Devils fans there. And uh, yeah, just a really great weekend. And uh, as I say all the time, let's just keep this baby rolling. Devils fans, I got to tell you something, honestly. This time of the year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. And the typical ones, especially for me personally, is, you know, going to the gym consistently and doing things like working out four or five times a week, you know, all those unrealistic type of expectations that we all know usually never last very long. I've actually found one though, that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact in the same way. You don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change. If it's something you use every day, like my Raycon earbuds, Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Some of the things that I really love to do using my earbuds is when I do intense workouts at the gym or if I'm just, you know, on the move somewhere. And especially when I'm on the go and I'm relaxing on the train or the bus or everything, just all the features that Raycon gets to give you the most comfortable and also the best type of quality at a very, very reasonable price. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon has definitely got you covered. And yep, Raycon start at a half the price of other premium audio. So you don't even have to choose between products. You could get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. And I have multiple. So for me, I have ones that I use at home. I have ones that I use on the go and they all work the same way. And it's tremendous, especially knowing that not only are they premium audio, but I'm paying a lot less for them. And that is great. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now or pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. There's also a handful of really awesome features, and the two that really stand out to me are noise isolation, especially if you're using them to try to study or try to focus on something and you don't really want to be bugged. You know, the noise cancellation is great. I also really love the custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. You know, you could shake your head around and everything like that and they won't fall out and you don't have to worry about that which is awesome i also love the water and sweat resistant especially like i mentioned before when you're at the gym so honestly this is all tremendous what what raycon has to offer and if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact you go to buyraycon.com slash thpn today to get 15 percent off your raycon order that's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So I wanted to talk about Alexander Holtz because the devil sent Alexander Holtz down finally to the Utica Comets this past Friday morning. And uh, look, say what you want about when they should have done it, why they did it, all that stuff. The reality is, is that he needed to play more and he wasn't going to get it 
with the Devils. Maybe not this season. It just doesn't seem like it. It just seems like he's still really struggling to learn the NHL game. And granted, you're not going to learn a whole lot by sitting in the press box for as many games as he did. I personally felt like the Devils should have sent him down a lot sooner, but can't do anything about it now. Uh, according to a team source, the Devils made the move to get Holtz more game minutes, not because of an imminent trade. Some people thought that he was being sent down because a trade was about to happen. Uh, quite frankly, like I mentioned before, Holtz has really struggled in his first full year in the NHL. He has four points, three goals, and one assist in 19 games played this year. He has two points, one goal, one assist in four games, and 45 minutes of total ice time since January 1st. So again, just best barely played. And he's been a healthy scratch in 13 of the last 14 games. Uh, so clearly, this was a decision that had to be made. I'm frustrated again. I'm, I'm quite frankly pissed off. I feel like the Devils in some degree are to blame for kind of screwing up the development of Holtz. Um, but it could also be a case of just wrong team, wrong time. Um, you know, we'll see what happens as we get closer to the deadline. If, you know, I know people have mentioned him in certain trades, particularly for Timo Meyer. It's still a possibility he could be involved in that, but uh, we'll see. It, things might change, though, because uh, on Monday, uh, the 20th, the Utica Comets were in Toronto against the Marlies, and Alexander Holtz uh, left the game in the first period with a hip injury. He got checked hard um, in the corner and uh, went to the boards and, uh, you know, was really slow to get up and did not return to the game. So he is currently dealing with a hip injury. Um, so we'll see the severity of that, which is kind of crazy that Holtz and Timo Meyer are the two guys that have been mentioned the most as guys that both teams would swap player swap you know players for um, are both dealing with injuries because currently Timo Meyer is day to day with uh, some sort of lower body injury, I believe it is, or upper body. I don't remember. It's an injury, uh, but I, I've been told that it's not that severe. So there's that. Um, but yeah, you know it. It's unfortunate that things have gone the way that they've gone with Alexander Holtz. I saw somebody mention on Twitter that Dawson Mercer is playing the way that we all thought Alexander Holtz would play. Like the impact that Mercer has is what we thought we were getting with Holtz. And maybe Holtz just is struggling because of where the team is and how they want to play. And, you know, he struggles to stay, you know, in terms of having the same speed. He's he's certainly one of our slower forwards. Um so, yeah, I, I don't really know where the Devils go from here. Uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see if anything materializes over the next 10, 12 days uh, with the deadline coming up. Um, and if not, I mean, we'll see how things progress the rest of the year. And, you know, maybe the Devils will give him another shot next season. I don't know. We'll see. So, yeah, Alexander Holtz probably will not come back to the Devils at any point this year unless some injuries. Uh, so, Hopefully he can regain his confidence and his scoring ability in Utica. Uh, but first he'll have to uh, try to get over this injury and we'll see the severity of it and what the severity might be over the next couple of days. So finally here, Devils fans, to wrap up this episode, I wanted to give you guys the latest on trade rumors involving the New Jersey Devils. And uh, look, a lot of things I'm going to tell you, especially with Timo Meyer, you guys have heard 30,000 times and there's nothing that, has really changed at this point. I mean, that's where we are right now. And so I know a lot of people are going to be frustrated with this. So, you know, just, just keep in mind, this is about the most up-to-date information that we have. And we'll start with the Sharks forward, Timo Meyer. 
So as of Monday, the 20th of February, the Devils continue to be the favorites to acquire Timo Meyer. Uh, Elliot Friedman on his latest 32 Thoughts podcast said, not only are the Devils favorites and most likely the destination for Timo Meyer, but the Devils seem to be the team that needs Timo the most. And they and we all know that the Devils not only want to acquire Timo, but sign him to a long-term extension. And Elliot Friedman said that if the Devils acquire Timo, that an extension would um, be in place already. Like it would, basically the Sharks have said from what we've been told that you have to make a deal first that the Sharks accept, and then you would be allowed to talk to Timo Meyer. So we'll, we'll see. And right now you have a couple of teams that are out of the running that were potentially, I mean, the Rangers are out of it now. The, the, the Maple Leafs getting Ryan O'Reilly are basically out of it. There's some other teams that have been mentioned uh, in passing like Vegas and Winnipeg and uh, maybe even the Buffalo Sabres, apparently, I heard. Um, but the two teams that seem to be the most aggressive and the most likely destinations are the Devils and our division rivals in the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and the Hurricanes, it's been reported that they wouldn't necessarily be trying to get an extension done as soon as they acquire them, that they can just wait on that or maybe even flip them at the end of the season. Who knows? Um, but clearly the, the Hurricanes feel they need to add a top six scoring winger. Um, and so they're clearly very, uh, very in on Timo Meyer. And we'll see how things progress. The thing to keep in mind is that the reason why the Rangers and the uh, Leafs at least have reportedly backed out is the price, is that the price is too high for uh, for Timo. So it might be too high for them because they don't have as much as the Devils or even the Hurricanes have to offer. Um, but you know, we'll see. And we still don't know what exactly the sharks are asking for, because the last report that we had was that the devils, while they've talked to the sharks, a bunch haven't been given the green light to talk to Timo and the sharks apparently haven't even spoken to the devils about what players they might want. And Elliot Freeman did say on Monday that it sounds like this is going to be dragged out to, to the deadline that it's not going to be like the Devils are going to be able to get him or anybody's going to be able to get him until the deadline. And if I'm being honest, then maybe this sounds like me being pessimistic from previous experiences involving the Devils in trades. It, does, it doesn't feel like the Devils are going to not get Timo and then someone else gets him. It kind of feels more and more like a deal in general with any team. It just isn't going to happen. And that then the Sharks are going to end up keeping Timo Maybe they're focusing more on trying to trade Eric Carlson with how big a value he has right now as a chance to win the Norris Trophy and could be an elite top-pairing defenseman for the rest of the year for a cup-contending team. Um, you know, it it doesn't – it just doesn't seem like anything has moved with regards to a Timo Meyer deal recently. And that's very frustrating when you – when you want to get a deal done, you see how other teams, in, even in the uh, Metropolitan Division, have done, you know, with the Islanders, the Rangers, and teams like that. And the Devils are sitting there trying to get something done, and it doesn't seem like Mike Greer, former assistant coach of the Devils and now current GM of the Sharks, uh, seems like he's willing to make a deal anytime soon. So I wonder to myself, if this gets dragged on uh, longer, like if it's a day or two before then, I wonder if the Devils may just pull out and just say, you know what? Uh, the Sharks are clearly not interested in making a deal or are not willing to talk as much. And the longer that they wait, uh, the less time they'll have to make other moves that they deem necessary um, to help the team, particularly on the bottom six. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, again, we that's all I can tell you guys. We'll see. We will see what happens. Uh, 
which kind of brings me to another option, um, not a great one, uh, in Brock Besser. The Devils have been mentioned a bunch for Brock Besser from the Canucks. They've spoken to Vancouver on his availability. According to, apparently, Brock Besser's agent, he has spoken with the Minnesota Wild and Devils about a potential trade. And uh, he's currently has scored just 10 goals and added 26 assists for 36 points in 48 games played at the time of this recording. With the Canucks so far this season, putting him at a full season pace of 62 points, which for him would be a career high. So he's actually kind of playing, at least to his standards, very well. Um, but the issue is, is that he's in the first year of a three-year $19.95 million contract. And some teams have expressed concern over the $6.65 million salary cap hit based on his goal production. So the Devils look at it probably and say, for the lack of goal production that he's giving, it's not worth giving up assets and paying, you know, well over $5 million for the next two seasons to a guy that is not consistent enough. That's why the Devils are so high on Timo, because they know that he has been consistently scoring goals and being a goal scorer. It seems like Brock Besser at times just kind of flows with the wind, you know? doesn't really seem to to really grab the ball by the horns and have a nose for the goals. So I think for the Devils, if they were even to look at this as maybe a backup option, they'd probably not be willing to give up a whole lot for him. So, you know, we'll see. But that is definitely another option. Another one which I consider to be the wild card option and the most unlikely is Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um it is worth noting that the Devils scouts and a lot of them have been in Chicago a lot lately while the Hawks have been playing, uh, which doesn't mean that Patrick Kane's the only guy. I've mentioned before that Max Domi, who's right now having a really great year in Chicago, you know, being one of the top point getters and goal scorers on the team, could be a really good fit on the bottom six for this Devils team. Um, so that could be an option as well, you know, just to kind of, throw an option out there. Um, it, so that's that's kind of like what I think from it. Uh, Patrick Gain has seen two of his preferred destinations acquire other players at the deadline, uh, Toronto and the Rangers. So you're kind of at the point now of wondering to yourself, does Patrick Kane at this point feel comfortable being moved anywhere else? Because, you know, you, you got to understand that Patrick Kane's been a Blackhawk his entire career. He's won many handful of cups there. He's, you know, done everything. And he's at the back end of his career. Um, and you wonder, you know, how much more does he have left in the tank? You know, does he want to go for one last run at a cup, you know, this upcoming year with one team, whether it's Vegas, Dallas, or even the Devils to an extent? Um, you know, who knows? And again, he holds all the cards because he has a full no trade clause. He is allowed to determine wherever he goes. Um, so that's kind of the big thing. The causes for concern are clearly his age, his cap hit, which is over $10 million. So clearly any team, including the Devils, if they wanted to acquire him, would have to have Chicago retain at least 50% of the salary and maybe even get a third team involved on the injury history, especially with the hip. However, you know, we scored 90 plus points last year. If we're, you know, on this hip, Patrick Kane has definitively said over and over that he's fine, that, you know, he's, he's really just been, you know, it's a little bit nagging. Some people worry about that he hasn't put up a lot of points this year in goals, although he's just coming off the hat trick on Sunday against Toronto. So there's some payback for not trading for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things that you worry about and you say, how much are teams willing to give if Patrick Kane is made available? Because we still don't know if he's made available. 
I guess we could sort of say that because he definitely wanted to go to the Rangers or Leafs, and that just isn't going to happen unless one of them are just going to take on his contract at very little money like the Leafs did, having paid what, less than $2 million for Ryan O'Reilly. But that was because they had to add a third team. Um, so there's something to keep in mind with that. Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson said that he hasn't given forward Patrick Kane a deadline to make his decision on whether he wants to remain with the Blackhawks for the rest of the season or be traded. Uh, Davidson assumes the Kane's decision is coming soon. So I would say at some point this week, at some point this upcoming week, we're going to know one way or the other. He may just decide to play out the rest of the year in Chicago, see how the draft lottery goes, because they may be in a, a position to potentially get Connor Bedard. And then maybe just play out the rest of his career in in uh, in Chicago, or he could go to the off season because he'll be an unrestricted free agent, and he can sell himself to the highest bidder or whatever the case may be. Like, there's a lot of options here, a lot of options. We know the Blackhawks are definitely not trading Jonathan Taze because he's still ling- dealing with lingering issues from uh, having COVID as long as he did, so that's unfortunate. But uh, Bleacher Report recently, uh, within the last week, put out an article. Um, that it was written by Lyle Richardson of Bleacher Report that talked about, you know, the most likely destinations for Patrick Kane. And not a surprise, the Devils were mentioned. And I want to read to you what they wrote. Uh, Quote, the New Jersey Devils would be a good fit for San Jose Sharks winger Timo Meyer. If that deal fails to materialize, perhaps Devils general manager Tom Fitzgerald would consider adding a rental winger such as Kane. Per the Athletics' Pierre Lebrun, Fitzgerald has indicated his preference for a top-six winger whose contract he can control beyond this season. That's why Timo Meyer is so high on our list. However, the Devils look like they could be a Stanley Cup contender. Adding someone with Kane's experience and leadership could do wonders for this club's young core. If he fits in well, New Jersey could re-sign him. The Devils carry $2 million in projected deadline cap space. They'll have to get the Blackhawks to retain half of Kane's cap hit and perhaps even include a third team to broker the deal and spread the dollars around. They could also ask Chicago to acquire sideline goalie Jonathan Bernier's $4.1 million cap hit. He is right now still on long-term IR. I'll be honest with you guys, I think he will probably retire at season's end. With a deep prospect pool, the Devils can make an enticing bid for Kane, a package of a first-round pick, a promising roster forward such as Alexander Holtz, and a prospect such as Seamus Casey or Shakir Mukhamadoulin could prove tempting for Chicago. So, again, this, you know we all know what Tom Fitzgerald prefers. We understand that. He wants a top six winger long term. I know that there are a bunch of people out there that are not thrilled about making a move for Patrick King because right now you're saying most likely you're getting – the, you're getting the player, but you're not getting, you're not getting, you're getting the name, but not the player. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you have to sit there and say, is it worth it? I think the Devils could probably get him for not as big of a deal as it might cost to get Timo Meyer. Obviously, if Patrick Kane wants to come here, that might make the Devils more interested. I don't know how much interest they really have. I don't know how many, how much interest a lot of teams have. I don't know how much interest Patrick Kane has, but it's just an option. And if Patrick Kane can play even at half the level that he can play at, along with a guy like Jack Hughes on his line, I mean, you're talking about increasing your top six a lot. So it's a possibility. I'm just going to leave that out there and just let's see where things go. And we have to see where things go with every move right now. So those are all the rumors that we have at the moment. And, uh, you know, we're less than two weeks away from the deadline, Devils fans, and things 
are should at least hopefully pick up very soon. But uh, while we wait for that, let's see if the Devils can keep going here as uh, they look to have what should be a very successful um, homestand uh, for the next couple of days. So, yeah, let's just keep moving forward, baby.